Welcome to the ninth episode in the first season of Justice Center Weekly, a half-hour video cast from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. I'm your host, Kevin Steele, and with me today is lawyer Marty Moore in Calgary, who will speak to us about a couple of recent hearings in Ontario. One involving former schoolteacher Carolyn Brzozowski, who was cut off while giving a presentation to the Waterloo School Board, and another involving Waterloo School Board trustee Mike Ramsey. Mr. Ramsey had spoken up in support of Carolyn Brzozowski, and he was reprimanded for that. Marty, why don't you fill us in and bring us up to date on both cases? I understand the Ramsey hearing began with a few issues. Yeah, that's right, Kevin. Thanks for uh, inviting me on again this week, and uh, happy to talk about uh, these important cases, which have been supported by Justice Center donors. Uh, first off, we had the Carolyn Brzozowski hearing on Monday. And then on the very next day, we had the hearing for Mike Ramsey, which I attended as well. And uh, you're right, the, the hearing did, uh, even before it started, we had some significant issues. And this is something that uh, hasn't been experienced a lot back when we had in-person hearings, but both of these hearings were conduct conducted via video links. Uh, and then these video links were shared out as well. And so it, what happened with the Mike Ramsey hearing is at the start of the hearing, uh, even as the judges were being admitted to the, the meeting, uh, an individual on the Zoom call hijacked the meeting, uh, started to play graphic, pornographic material, screen sharing it with the entire gallery of the courtroom, including the judges. Uh, it was uh, very graphic, and not only that, uh, it was uh, utilizing the N-word repeatedly in a very derogatory fashion. And the context of the case, Kevin, is that our client, uh, trustee Mike Ramsey, is a Jamaican immigrant. Uh, he was the only black man in the room, and here is a very targeted, graphic, attack directed clearly at him, who's the applicant in that court process. It went on for a number of minutes before uh, finally uh, the, the, the court ordered the clerk to just shut down the entire uh, Zoom link meeting. And the hearing was actually stalled for at least an hour and a half, and it was in doubt whether it'd even go forward. It was, it was one of the most horrific things I've seen in a courtroom that kind of abuse, that kind of vitriol uh, targeted against a client on the basis of their race uh, while they are before the court to seek remedy uh, for the violation of their free speech rights. And uh, it was really quite a shocking thing to see. And I hadn't seen that level in any previous hearing that I've been involved in. Right. So just to clarify this, type of behavior. This is contempt of court, is it not? Absolutely. This this was some of the most contemptuous behavior you can imagine. If an individual uh, did that in an open courtroom, you'd expect to see the courtroom sheriffs leaping on that individual, immediately arresting them and taking them to jail for a period of hours. Of course, when you're in a Zoom proceeding, uh, the judges aren't in a position to simply point uh, to that individual and ask the court sheriffs to arrest them. What really needs to happen here is, a, is an investigation by the court, uh, a technologically enhanced investigation, obviously, to figure out who are the people that are doing this 
this is very uh, serious. Again, it almost derailed the entire hearing. Uh, thankfully, there was a, a, a workaround where you're able to get the hearing going uh, through a video link uh, completely separate from the court's Zoom structures. And I mean, this is one of those situations where technology can be a benefit where you have you know people able to attend a hearing. But on a Zoom call, even if it's a if it's a Zoom hearing, the the same requirements apply to that hearing as if it, you were attending an open court. Your dress is to be appropriate. Your mannerisms are to be appropriate. Uh, you you can be held in contempt of court for those kinds of things. And I wish this was an isolated incident, but in fact, the very day before, on the Berjowski hearing. While uh, lawyer Rob Kittredge was arguing for Carolyn Berjowski, explaining the facts of the situation at the beginning of that hearing as well, another uh, individual on the Zoom link lit up the, the whole hearing with actually fart noises uh, on repeat and, and different trolling memes going on while Mr. Kittredge was making submissions on behalf of Carolyn Berjowski. Again, it appears that uh, those who oppose our clients' uh, rights and the exercise of their rights are, are not content to simply let these things play out in the court, but they even want to uh, interfere in the court processes, which is a very serious matter. And again, I think you're right. It, it is contempt of court, and it's very contemptuous uh, in a free and democratic society when, uh, first off, we would like... Uh, the right of people to be heard. And that's the very rights that we were fighting for in that courtroom. And then while they are arguing their case about why they should have been heard, they're being uh, attacked viciously in the case of Mike Ramsey on the basis of race. And in the case of Carolyn Berjowski, their lawyers are being uh, attempted to be impaired as they are making submissions. And so, you know, it just goes to show you the importance of these cases uh, not only going before the courts, but also in the public consciousness where we have, I think, a lack of respect for debate. And that is even seeping into the very house of debate, the court. And uh, if, if debate is not uh, respected there, you can recognize why it wouldn't be respected in other realms of society, whether that be these uh, school board meetings, which is the whole focus, of course, of these particular cases. And uh, I'm sure your listeners are, you know, pretty familiar with the facts and Berjowski and, and Mike Ramsey, but just, you know, to reiterate, Carolyn Berjowski was attending a Zoom hearing uh, for the school board. And in that case, it wasn't, you know, some troll shutting down the meeting. It was the chair of the school board who decided to mute her uh, because he was, quote unquote, concerned that she was going to be violating human rights as she was talking about graphic materials in the school system and materials that were underselling the concerns, the, the very real concerns of gender transition surgeries and, and selling it as if it's no big deal to kids in the schools. And, and she was raising this in the context of a meeting that was being conducted to address uh, school books in the libraries. And she was talking about books that she found concerning. And, you know, the school board chair shut her off and then kicked her right out of the meeting. And so this kind of behavior, I'm not equivalating the, them, but I am saying that we have a concern in society where we, we view that, oh, we'll, we'll just shut them down or intimidate them from speaking uh, during public meetings. 
you know, it's, it's a sign of weakness in your case. If you can't have someone else come against you, if, if your response to them is to silence them, you know that you are in the wrong. And I think that hopefully that's what the school board's going to find out after the courts release their decision. Okay. Uh, that aside, how did the hearings go? Uh, how, how did the proceedings after this disruption, which I hope we hear more of, uh, from the police, but, uh, how did the proceedings go after that? Yeah, well, there, there were very excellent arguments made by, uh, Rob Kittredge and Jorge Panetta on behalf of Carolyn Burjowski. Uh, then the next day with Mike Ramsey, uh, had him here, uh, made submissions on behalf of Mr. Ramsey. Uh, the court itself, uh, is composed of a panel of judges. It was three judges of the divisional court. They heard the, the matter. Uh, they listened attentively. Uh, there were a few questions. It wasn't a very robust uh, questioning process. Sometimes you get into a contentious hearing and the court is you know, peppering a lawyer with questions. You'll often see that at the Supreme Court, for example. But in this hearing, uh, a few questions, but they were insightful. Um, you know, the issues, for example, with, with Mike Ramsey, one of the key issues in the case was the chair, uh, Scott Pietkowski, uh, participated in making this decision against Mike Ramsey, saying that he was in breach of the code of conduct for his statements, both in uh, school board meetings and on social media, uh, standing up for the right of Carolyn Burjowski to present without being interrupted by the chair at a school board meeting. And uh, Mr. Pietkowski, uh, had evidenced an extreme level of bias against our client, Mike Ramsey. In fact, uh, even before the, the school board, uh, you know, sort of session had began, he'd, he'd been sending emails to Mike Ramsey, warning him that, uh, you know, that he was going to get, get in trouble if he did anything untoward in, in Mr. Pietkowski's view. And then in regard to the actual complaints against Mike Ramsey, uh, the chair Pietkowski had submitted himself 58 pages of allegations, many of them completely unrelated to uh, the free speech of, of uh, and, and the actions of Mike Ramsey. Uh, and in fact, some of them dredging up such bizarre claims as the fact that Mike Ramsey, again, uh, a black Jamaican immigrant to Canada who served as a police officer, who's been on the school board for like 34 years, almost longer than I've been alive, Allegations that this man was an alleged uh, anti-black racist, which is bizarre in itself. And that's the kind of material that the chair, Scott Pietkowski, was bringing to the attention of the investigator against Mike Ramsey. And then Mr. Pietkowski viewed it totally acceptable to be also deciding the case as, a, as the actual deciding vote that not only censured Mike Ramsey, it also kicked him out of school board meetings for three months and prohibited him from receiving uh, materials that are provided to the school board in camera, which absolutely uh, impaired Mr. Ramsey's ability to represent his constituents who he'd been elected to do for six terms in a row. And so this kind of behavior by uh, Mr. Pietkowski showed not just an appearance of bias, but actually a closed mind. And that was one of the key arguments in the court. I think the court heard that. Uh, obviously, they will be uh, responding to that. Uh, the The idea that this decision is some sort of, uh, you know, 
uh, white, you know, whitewashed decision. And that seemed to be the argument from the other side is, like, oh, well, there's lots of good reasons to go after Mike Ramsey. And it doesn't really matter that the chair was biased or appeared to be biased. I don't, th- they, they were trying to say that, oh, it wasn't that, uh, that much bias, but the, the facts themselves are actually quite glaring in this case, let alone the obvious issue, which is an elected representative has a freedom of expression, both at a public school board meeting and on social media to express his own concerns and the concerns of his constituents. If you would like him not to express those concerns, too bad. You are, you're in Canada. You're in a free and democratic society. That is what we're fighting for here. And so, you know, the court heard that not only did the, the school board trustees making the decision against Mike Ramsey, uh, you know, there was some indications of bias on behalf of, on behalf of the chair, but there also was no indication that they even considered the fact that their decision violated Mike Ramsey's freedom of expression. And in fact, and this might be hard to believe, and I honestly thought it was pretty, pretty outstanding astounding to see these arguments being raised in court. The lawyers for the school board denied that this decision even engaged the freedom of expression. This is a decision kicking a school board elected trustee out of meetings where he could hear and respond and voice the concerns of his constituents for three months on the basis that this school board elected trustee had raised concerns in a way that they found inappropriate on social media and in meetings. All of that involves freedom of expression. And yet the school board was unwilling to find that it even engaged freedom of expression. And then they had the, the I guess, a difficult position for a lawyer to argue. They say, well, the school board's view is that freedom of expression is not engaged, but it's also view is that we did clearly engage in a balancing of his freedom of expression rights with our objectives to keep decorum in the public meetings and the respect for the school board. So explain to me, Kevin, how you can say this right was never engaged, but we carefully weighed it against our own objectives. Uh, it, it's a, it's an argument that uh, doesn't logically make sense, but uh, opposing counsel did uh, do, you know, I, I have to tip my hat to a lawyer that can uh, try to hold both of those thoughts at the same time at the direction I'm sure of their client. Well, I guess they just want to see what the uh, what they hope the uh, judges focus on. Just a format here: were both hearings judicial reviews? Yes, both of these hearings are judicial reviews, and so that means there's a decision maker who's empowered by a statute. And so there in in Ontario, there's a statute that uh, allows for you know these school boards to exist, allows for them to exercise authority over the school uh, processes and obviously requires them to engage in public meetings and, and, and allows them to uh, you know, oversee the, the conduction of those public meetings. Um, but yes, in these judicial reviews, the court is being asked to review, first, were these meetings, were the decisions, and the decision against Carolyn Berjowski was a decision to kick her out of the meeting and silence her because she allegedly was gonna violate human rights, which is just, you know, a baseless allegation against someone who's raising real concerns about the accuracy and the legitimacy of materials for children's consumption in school libraries. And then in the case of Mike Ramsey, the decision being reviewed is this decision, which was a six to three decision. It was the minimum required two thirds vote uh, to, 
to punish him for expressing his views in meetings and uh, online in social media posts. Uh, for example, sharing an article by Jonathan Kay or retweeting uh, a news report from the True North uh, in regard to the school board. And so, yeah, those are the questions that the court is being asked. Are these Were these decisions fair? And were these decisions reasonable? And of course, did these decisions violate the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in an unreasonable and unjustifiable manner? And so those are the decisions that the court is now going to have to weigh. Uh, it reserved decisions on both. Uh, we'll see when that panel uh, returns decisions. It could be anywhere from a few months to... Uh, you know, several more months, hopefully not any more than a year, but uh, some decisions have taken that long. In these particular cases, our view is that the facts are pretty clear. There was no justification and there's a significant amount of unfairness in the way these decisions were made, that the court should be able to quash the decisions and uh, also issue declarations that the charter rights of these individuals are violated. And hopefully this school board, which clearly needs some guidance, We'll, we'll take that to heart and we'll cease uh, from making such, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, very personal and very ideologically motivated decisions on the basis of what can you say and who can say that. And uh, we're seeing that uh, this is a, a need in school meetings in Ontario and also in other provinces as well. There is another issue I wanted in to bring up. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. No, no, that's fine. I just wanted to uh, ask a little bit more about bias in the Brzozowski hearing, because I understand the hearings went, it was Monday, Brzozowski, and then Ramsey after that. And you talked that's a lot correct. about the bias, it, the bias of the school board chair in the Ramsey case. Did that come, was that a significant issue the day before? It, it also in played Brzozowski in as case? well. The same individual okay the same uh, similar arguments that i mean if you're accusing a person of potentially violating human rights and what they say i mean that's a pretty significant charge uh and then the actions of that school board chair in regard to carolyn burjoski did in our view uh indicate a lack of partial uh, a lack of impartiality in making the decision uh, and in fact a bias against uh, ms burjoski and her ability to communicate on the issues that were before the school board there uh, one of the issues in the Mike Ramsey case, which uh, again brings us right back into focus on freedom of expression, and it's something called the open courts principle. And that is that in Canada, a court hearing is supposed to be open to the public. And not only is the court hearing supposed to be open to the public, the court records are supposed to be open to the public. So for example, if <laughs> there's a case filed against an individual or, or uh, an entity, uh, one could go to the court, request the file, and, and you know sometimes pay for copies of the file if they want to take them home, and see what happened in these court hearings because justice must be seen to be done, justice must be transparent. And so, you know, for example, when these court hearings were you know held on Zoom, they're open to the public. Uh, with the court hearing with Mike Ramsey in particular, with the violation of court decorum and the contempt of court being to such a degree that it actually shut down the hearing, uh, that hearing, uh, as a result of that, proceeded with very little uh, you know, access to the public. The public didn't have access to that next link. You know, Some media were 
present, uh, but only thanks to their connections to the council on the case and being able to ask for that link. But also the records for Mike Ramsey's hearing are currently being blocked from public access. Now, this is a case involving a body composed of elected representatives, the school board of Waterloo Regional District. And this is a case where Mike Ramsey, after these charges against him uh, of breaching the code of conduct were decided, he had to run for an election. But the school board kept everything secret. When they deliberated against Mike Ramsey, they deliberated in secret. When they had to make a re-deliberation, uh, when he requested reconsideration of their decision, again, they deliberated in secret, away from the prying eyes of the public. And furthermore, there was a full integrity commissioner's report, which is uh, something, you know, long name, but, but it's just an investigative report that is made when anyone makes a complaint against a school board trustee. They kept that entirely secret. Not only did they keep it secret while uh, the case was being filed, they also have now kept it secret from the court record. So you can't go down to the courthouse and find this entire report addressing the allegations against Mike Ramsey. You can't find the report's conclusions that some of these allegations were completely baseless and not, uh, not factual. You can't even find any of the specific allegations against what tweets and what what information there are even is even being talked about in the complaints against an elected trustee by other elected trustees, which was decided by elected trustees on a vote. And so this kind of secrecy was also at issue in the hearing because, you know, we have been for months pushing for these documents to be made public. And it was argued at the court hearing, uh, you know, why should any of these documents be redacted? I think, you know, maybe from some of the emergencies commission reporting that you did, Kevin, you'll notice what happens when a government doesn't want their actions to be disclosed. All of a sudden you see these black papers, just blacked out, blacked out, blacked out. And that's exactly what you see in the uh, Mike Ramsey case. And again, it raises the question, this is all about freedom of expression. People have a right to speak their mind. They also have a right to hear the expression of others. And in this case, the public, the voting public in the Waterloo Regional District doesn't even have an ability right now, unless the court decides in our favor, to see the materials that have been filed against one of their own elected trustees. And so I think it's important that, you know, as Canadians, we, we support uh, open and transparent process in the judiciary and that the courts uphold the ability of people to participate in public hearings with the appropriate safeguards. I think there's there's obviously a need in the Ontario courts to have Zoom links that, for example, the lawyers can present, but the public in the gallery don't have the ability to just yell out on a Zoom call and hijack the hearing and, and show pornographic images and, and yell things in the obscurity of you know an IP address that they're hiding behind. But also for the court files, there needs to be transparency and a government body whether it's Justin Trudeau's uh, cabinet and 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 uh, hiding, you know, basic information like you know the fact that the Americans were offering tow trucks, for example, the entire time that the federal government was saying, "Oh, we can't get any tow trucks. We have to declare an emergency because apparently we can't find tow trucks in Canada," which is bizarre because every time I need one, you get they're a call away. Um, but with they're hiding that kind of information, or if in the case of the Waterloo School District. They're hiding 
really what is obvious, shallow complaints against someone, you know, retweeting uh, a media column in the true north or retweeting a, a comment by by Jonathan K. Like this is the kind of thing you want hidden. And our system should not allow that kind of thing to continue. We're fighting for free speech in the courts, in the schools, and you know, obviously everyone in Canada should exercise their freedom of expression responsibly. And those that do uh, engage in absolutely racist and hateful attacks, attempting to derail a court hearing, uh, they should be prosecuted and brought to justice. And so uh, that would be my report for the Berjowski and Ramsey hearings for your audience there, Kevin. Well, except that, you know, when you added that point about them hiding and redacting things, that to me takes this to a whole new level, you know, because before we were, we, we were talking about cabinet secrecy and there is a principle of cabinet secrecy, but correct me if I'm wrong, there's no secrecy principle applied to school board meetings, is there? Well, you know, the idea that, you know, the, uh, the amount, the fact that Americans were offering tow trucks is a, is a cabinet secret uh, to be kept secret from Canadians. You know, that's, that's a pretty bizarre application of a principle. And at the school board, yes, there's a potential principle. I mean, if you're dealing with a very sensitive issue involving very personal records, you could see, for example, the school board redacting that segmented information. What we're dealing with is a school board redacting an entire report. 50 something pages uh, and, and not allowing any of it to be in the public record. Uh, and their, their basis is to say, well, you know, uh, there's litigation about this issue. And as you might know, Carolyn Berjowski is also suing the Waterloo Regional School District for the defamation. She was a teacher there. She lost her employment. She was maligned as some sort of a human rights violating individual for simply raising concerns on behalf of children being provided with information that in her view was was harmful and inaccurate uh, if I, if I may you know summarize her views in that way but to think that this idea that you're going to hide the fact that you're censoring a public school board trustee for for tweets uh, for comments in a public school board meeting and not allow the public to see that report uh, on the basis that you're getting sued for actions related to an entirely different meeting and an entirely different decision. Uh, that's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty far stretch. And I, in fact, at the court hearing, the, the lawyers for the school board didn't really put forward uh, even an argument that would meet the tests to uh, keep those kind of records secret in a court proceeding. There's a, there's a test to be met and it's not simply we think that there in some way could be an effect on a, a different case. That's not the test. It's, it's a lot more uh, rigorous than that. And so, yeah, I do expect to hopefully see at this decision's release date, the, the members of the public there in the Waterloo region actually finally being able to see uh, the kinds of, of very weak allegations against Trustee Ramsey and hopefully uh, his freedom of expression rights will be vindicated there. Okay, Marty, great. Thanks for that update on both those cases, which we know are very important uh, to the country and, of course, to the Justice Center and to our donors. Thanks a lot for uh, participating today, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Well, thank you, Kevin, and thanks to the donors that uh, enable these fights to go forward in the courtrooms across the country. 
we'll be with you uh, in a few weeks. <laughs>